I I have a holdover from from when I when I used to play Redemption. My favorite brigades were red and, and teal. <laughs> and so I, I come to the game I'm like I'm like opening up these IR cards. I'm like, dude, can't wait to open up some priests. Am I right, boys? I was like, wait, why are yeah. they clay? What the yeah, hell? why are they clay? <laughs> is it just me or is like the clay brigades on priest cards just like kind of feels yuck compared to like the teal, the nice like blue teal? What's up, Redemption? How you doing? John Hendricks here, as always, for a brand new episode of the Threshing 4 podcast. On this week's episode, me and Brad are going to be going over some recent happenings within the community before unveiling our brand new first time ever and soon to be uh, periodic power rankings for players within the game of redemption. So stick around. Maybe you're in the top 10 on the debut of the power rankings. In addition to that, we've also, we're going to go into the jungle a little bit. We've got our friend Babooni Tim coming on to the podcast been making waves making a lot of content for the game so we're gonna have a conversation with him and we'll get right into it thanks for being here all right guys welcome into a brand new episode of your favorite podcast. My favorite podcast. Brad, is it your favorite podcast? It is my favorito podcast. There we go. Man, it's uh it's it's been a little while. There's been a lot that's transpired since we last recorded. Um I do want to let everyone know that I am no longer on watch at the at the local hospital here. I am I am recovering. Yes, the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. I am I am quite all right. I I had several people reach out through Discord uh, DMs, and I am okay. I am recovering. I'm here. Um, with that said, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but just know if you get in the sports channel on the Discord and you start talking about Brock Purdy, I'm coming for you. You're not gonna, you're not gonna slide by. But we're gonna leave all that, all that alone, and get into the episode here. Uh, how, how's your week going, Brad? You're not. Uh, on too much of an emotional high, I saw your score against Justin in the Lanky, Lanky Grand Prix. So, how you feeling there? I mean, I feel okay about it. I mean, he he, he definitely was not playing one of his, you know, championship decks or anything. So, not too much to feel good about. But uh, it was a good game. I ended up going first, and that's what really sealed it. <laughs> That'll do it. But... This uh this episode as we uh kind of work through, you know, front half here where we're going to talk about recent news and things that's happening within the community. Um and we also have a brand new uh we'll call it a segment of the podcast that we're going to do weekly or not weekly. Um I guess bi-weekly. I think we're still trying to target bi-weekly and see if we can get that schedule on track um before we try to you know commit to anything more, but so bi-weekly, we're going to add this as kind of a segment, and um, that is going to be something that could be controversial. Some people might get, you know, some feelings hurt or whatever, but it's it's all in fun. But we're going to be debuting on this podcast, our first ever Redemption Player Power Rankings. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that in a little bit. 
We're also going to be featuring a conversation on the backside of this with the man that apparently has a ton of time on his hands because he is putting work in in the content creation uh, sphere. And that is Mr. Tim, Babooney Tim, to be exact. And uh, so we'll have him on later and spotlight kind of his uh, content that he's been creating and kind of his journey with trying to learn and adapt to the current game of redemption as he works his way towards nationals. But it's nice to be here back recording on the mic and stuff. And I I think that being post-football now and, you know, work still being kind of in a good spot for me, it's going to be really easy to transition and just deep uh, deep dive into redemption as a hobby here moving forward. So I'm really excited about that. You excited about the tournament season being upon us, Brad? Um, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I haven't played with physical cards in a long time. I, I think since I've that night at a, my house. Yeah, since that night at your house when we opened up some packs. Yeah, so, we opened a lot of that? packs that night. <laughs> I don't know, but it was like we opened four boxes, I think, or something. We did more pack opening time than playing time. So, <laughs> yeah, I haven't built too many uh, physical decks. I've I've struggled to actually sort all those cards all at one time. Getting a lot of cards like that at one time for an OCD person means there's a lot of work to sort them and put them into your collection. Um, now that football's you know moved on uh, for the time being, we can kind of do that transition. You know, the weather's about to start warming up, and then you know I'll have the the secondary hobby there of you know wetting the line and going fishing to compete with Redemption, but. I am super excited about the tournament season. Tournaments coming up. I'm planning to go to a bunch of state tournaments, a few regional tournaments. Uh, maybe I'm coming to a tournament near you. I don't know. I'm going to uh, I'm going to soak it in and try to enjoy it all this season, much like we did last season, kind of uh, expanding and going to a few additional tournaments. I'm super excited about that. But with that, and you know, talking about the tournament season, it's only right that we go ahead and spotlight the fact that tournament season kicks off with Mr. Classic. Mr. Classic is happening March 1st and 2nd at Meridian Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, hosted by the Invisible Chambers, Chamber Brother, Chamber Brother, yes. So like Jay is not playing in it, Jeremy is playing in it, Jay is kind of hosting it, or not hosting it, but being involved in planning from afar. So Details have been a little bit uh, slower coming out about it, but we're getting into that point to where people are, you know, it's just a couple of weeks away now. People are gearing up for it. I actually recorded my first interview for the Mr. Classic interview series podcast, whatever, where we'll put all those interviews together. Um, I interviewed with Justin, the Guardian, Justin Alstead, the other night. So I've got that done. And then I've got, obviously, seven more to do if we're going to get them all in. We're going to have to really talk Jeremy into it. So everybody reach out, tag Jeremy, and be like, Jeremy, you got to get on the podcast because he's he's ducked the podcast for a couple of years now at this point. we got to get him on um, mm-hmm. to get that done. But there is some additional detail with Mr. Classic, and I do want to make sure that I spotlight that and go over that because I feel like I've let – I've let us down a little bit. Not not that I'm trying to say that I have, you know, some big piece to play in all of this, but I haven't done a lot of work pushing Mr. Classic 
yet this season. Um, I've talked about it a little bit, but I haven't really pushed it. And it seems like the hype is kind of, it's happening before the hype buildup is, is there. Do you feel like that's kind of, kind of where we are with that, Brad? Do you feel that too? A little bit of that. Mr. Classic. I mean, we're, we're talking last year. We talked about crowning the first ever, you know, 28 years redemption was going on and we hadn't had anyone be a Mr. Classic. Well, now we've got, you know, a championship 20 nine years I guess in the making for this moment for Jaden Alstead to bring that title back and lay it on the line and now we've got seven other people vying for it some returning from last year but we've got Jaden as the one seed second seed is still Jeremy Chambers third seed is one of the Marshall brothers that is currently unconfirmed which one that's going to be right now uh, fourth seed is Justin Alstead Fifth seed is Josh Potratz. Sixth seed is the scroll around the block winner. The eighth seed we already knew was Brian Jones, but this week we found out that the seventh seed is going to be, and he, he called this, Jay called this a player's choice. I don't know which players voted on this or anything. It seems like he just made the decision, and that's fine because this is someone that kind of fits right into that groove, but it's going to be Daniel Hazinga. Um I probably butchered the way you say that, but Daniel, and he's going to be in that seventh seed. And for people that, you know, maybe don't know him as well, he's someone that's been around the game for a while. He's played with the old cards, so it kind of fits into that vibe. But then you also have the chaos of it's going to be Scroots. So it's going to be Scrolls plus Roots. So that's going to kind of change things. So uh, it's going to be a crazy-looking little tournament, I think. And I'm looking forward to uh, to doing that. And I hope I hope people get excited for it as we as we work towards it because obviously people can show up and play the other categories and stuff just like like a regular tournament, um, you know, doing classic style. But I really think the idea of Mister Classic is something that's cool for the game, and seeing these guys come and compete and try to be the guy, like in a field of eight, to be the guy. I mean that's that's something to work towards uh, for these guys, and I'm I'm excited to see the the competitive edge of all of these guys that are in that field. Yeah, I'm all for the chaos of adding roots in there. I think that's going to be an interesting kind of mashup. Definitely uh, going to be a twist. This this is always the question every year now with classic until something changes. Are we taking the one of the Allsteads or are we taking the field? The rest. Of the <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a two out of eight chance. But is that two out of eight better than the six out of eight? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, we'll have to find that out. I'll, I'll let people know what? when we get the, the Mr. Classic podcast done. Um, but it, it, it's hard to bet against the fortress. It's it's hard to bet <laughs> against the fortress. It seems sometimes to be an impenetrable fortress. So we've got that. We also have... Uh, I guess we'll just stick with the unofficial tournaments uh, here that we usually go over since we're talking about some tournament play here with Mr. Classic coming up. But we've got the Zoom Discord Invitational Series number 17, and that is underway this week. So pairings went up, I believe, on the 17th, uh, maybe Saturday. I'm not sure. Or maybe it was maybe it was Sunday it went up. Um, but anyway, the pairings are up. So if you've signed up for the Zoom Discord Invitational, your pairings are available. Make sure you get the games in there. And 
I guess we'll kind of see how that shakes out after round one and see see where we stand and maybe maybe touch on that. Um, we'll have at least the first round complete next time we record and uh, put out an episode and we, we can check in there, maybe find someone that's playing in that since neither of us are playing in it to get an update. But the Lackey Grand Prix, number 14. Uh, I believe it's number 14. Is that right? Yes. I think so, yeah. So... One of us is playing in that, and it's it's not me because I <laughs> I have not built any like actual decks uh, recently. So um, I'm gonna be uh, early season net decking, if you will. But Brad, you are involved in that. We mentioned kind of earlier, and you had that that game with Justin. Um, but how's your experience going on uh, going so far in this Lackey Grand Prix as a whole? And what do you think your chances are of making Top Cut there and representing the podcast? <laughs> Man, don't get your hopes up too high. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was kind of thinking about that just a little bit ago. It seems like, and I don't, I don't know who can relate to this. Maybe everybody can relate to this. It feels like one game, everything's just going according to plan. Your deck's playing out like the way you want it to. Strategy's going great. And then it's like the next game, you're just like grasping at straws, like grasping for anything. You like, you just feel like you're so behind and you can't do anything. It's like, why did I even put this deck together? It's awful. That's how I feel week to week. <laughs> you know? So you're a bipolar deck builder. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, it depends on the matchup, you know? Um, if I typically don't run decks that are super like get off the gate fast, just like drawing cards. You know, go through your whole deck in two turns. Um, so if somebody does that and they're playing seven dominance. You're more of a grindy know, player, you would say. <laughs> I'm a slower player. No, I mean, most games I play is only three or four turns. You know, it's it's rare to go past five for sure. But, you know, that's the, I think that's how they've been. I mean, I think every game I've played in this tournament has gone four, maybe four turns. Something like Do that. You do you think that you have seen, because you've played in a couple of uh, Lackey Grand Prix now, you at least played in the last one, and now are you seeing some trends towards kind of the meta developing and what people are playing or what tendencies are, you know, across your games that you're playing? Yeah, so I, th- I think Matthew and GOC is definitely still a thing. Um, that is the most explosive offense that I've seen. Uh, Honeypot's still a thing. Um, Herod's are really big right now. A lot of people are playing either. I think the two biggest defenses is Herod's or Gray. You know, whether they do Romans or they do the Pharisees or they do a mix. Um, those are the two biggest. I, I, probably the third is uh, the black defense uh, going either Sadducees or, or Philistines. Uh, other than that, you don't see a ton of other defense. Um, that's why uh, That's why I said... Uh, you know, I know Justin wouldn't really play me with a one of his best decks because he was playing like a pale green defense. I was like, man, <laughs> he's just trying stuff out now. <laughs> yeah, he, he did say he was going to be trying something out because yeah. uh, you guys played right after we recorded that Mr. Classic interview. So, yeah, I mean, but but still, even if a, a good player is testing out a new deck, especially if it's one that they built, like at some point they they put it together thinking it was going to do well or had a chance to do well at least be competitive if they're bringing it to a competitive tournament and to still get a win over that. I wouldn't sell yourself short there. Like, I mean, you still had to make the plays to, to do that. 
And we really need you to get into that top cut, Brad, so you can represent and <laughs> carry the banner of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, as far as offenses go, it's GOC, I think, is probably the most popular. Uh, wilderness, a lot of people are trying out the wilderness, at least. Uh, the white, uh, the Mo- the new Moses, and things like that. Um, I think it's probably a tie between clay, uh, like priests, going with the Holy of Holies and stuff. And the blue patriarchs, um, those don't get played nearly as much, but they're out there. And then I'm not sure what other offenses people are even running other than that. I mean, I could be leaving one out, but it seems like uh, it's a, a fairly like you're gonna you're gonna play one of these four offenses and one of these four defenses essentially. You can count for that. And do you think pretty much every deck has one of those counter pieces that they're? trying to build around or is it there's some counter decks and then some decks are still just playing you know trying to get to their win condition so i think from from what i've noticed i think people are heavy either heavy counter or heavy anti-counter uh they're playing trying to get storehouse down trying to get crowd soul out before matthew rescue um trying to get uh, storehouse down before your nazareth comes out uh, something like that, um, or they're they're playing cards that are going to try to get rid of those real quick. They're playing the shipwreck or uh, anything like that. But uh, yeah, but for the people who are playing counters, they're they're, they're probably not just playing one. <laughs> it's probably like pretty heavy. You know, huh? <laughs> they're, they're playing Nazareth. They're playing the cross. They're playing <laughs> a few others. Well, that's cool. Um, it's it's also good to see that the participation in those tournaments are. Are you know still pretty pretty strong, and I think it's a really good uh, testing ground for people to test decks before we move into actual in person paper tournaments, if you will. You know, like building your deck, traveling and and showing up at you know tournaments leading up to states, regionals, and as we progress forward toward nationals, to kind of get an idea of the meta and and how it's going to shift with roots bringing those counters into the game. Well, w- one other thing I remember is uh, I don't remember. I say I remember, but I don't remember there being a forfeit so far in the first two weeks of the Lackey. Um, oh, that's be because I'm not that. playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was unintentional, intentional shots fired. So. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to beat up on all y'all, you know. <laughs> but um, I guess we'll uh, move into talking about some content that's come out. And I did mention that we're going to be having a conversation with Babooney Tim, so that guy's been killing it on the content, but we're not gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of skip his stuff now because we're gonna be talking about that in the conversation with him. But it was nice to see that Rob M Studios was putting out some redemption content, and if you guys uh, want to go and check out some live stream from a district tournament that they had in Moravia, New York, he's got that on his channel. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I know that there was some concerns about it freezing up or whatnot when it was happening, but I know there's at least a video on this channel. Um, so hopefully there's some of, some of those games that you can go and check out, but we've got that. Um, Tyler put out a couple of videos and I'm going out of order on this outline because I will do land of redemption last, but Tyler talks has a couple of videos that's come out recently. One of those is called punishers benefits, restricts and negates. Um, that is, that is a video that um, I guess he's elaborating on those. I did not get a chance to watch that one. 
yet. Have you watched that yet, Brad? I can't remember. I know I watched the the Daniels meta, but I don't remember if I watched the Punisher one. I, I feel like I probably did. Yeah, I think I might have started it, but I I definitely didn't didn't uh, watch it intently to know <laughs> kind of what Decky's showing off there. But I want to say that that might have been where he had shown like the same kind of deck with two different offenses. One of them was a silver based, but anyway, the other one is uh Daniel is meta question exclamation mark. And I don't know if he is meta or not. I do know that Jaden ran Daniel at nationals last year. And when we paired up, he kind of whooped my butt. <laughs> Daniel is very hard to stop. If you do not have a few cards in place, like if you're playing all the, the dual, we talked about this before the podcast. You're playing like the scattered sheep and all that stuff that's got two brigades and multi brigade stuff. I mean, it's you're not gonna do too well against yeah. Daniel. Yeah, but there's uh there's some good content there and you know, for people that don't know much about Daniel Daniel Dex, he kinda gives you the, the full spill there, but then also explains kind of why Daniel is uh a good a good he wrote a present with his negate of fortresses and things it is kind of kind of wonky the uh the new interaction with the um targeting default targeting because now he can technically negate like he negates fortresses so he hits sheol uh potentially your own sheol and uh things that are in set aside he hits uh your chamber so if he comes in on a band with angels he negates your own chamber because he negates fortresses or whatever so you have to keep that in mind, but good content from him always, uh, kind of helping shape the the meta, especially when we're in this period right before tournaments, lots of decks are coming out and people have options to, you know, like what I'm going to end up having to do is kind of take an idea somebody's come out with and probably use that and then morph it and try to learn about that deck. Because sometimes the benefit of like seeing these decks and playing these decks is not necessarily to take someone's deck and play it. For the sake of uh, I'm taking his deck and playing it, but it's taking that deck and figuring out how it works, the ins and outs of how you pilot that deck so that you know when you face somebody playing a similar style deck, the weaknesses of it, because you know it firsthand now, you get a little bit of like insider knowledge from playing it firsthand. Um, so all the deck list being shared is, is wonderful for the game. Yeah, I totally agree. A lot of people are so willing to either post their deck lists on the Discord or, or a lot of people have been just like recording their games. Um, another one would be yeah. like Jake Edgar the Wise. He started recording a lot of stuff, and yeah, I mean, of course, Jaden's you know constant every week. But being able to to watch games and see play styles and hear hear them commentate even over it is uh, super beneficial. Yeah, especially in any time that you can see a different perspective from someone that maybe you don't play and you've never gotten to interact with too much as far as in, in gameplay and seeing how they think and kind of, it can open up your perspective a little bit. Um, I know that when Jaden first started doing his videos, um, that was kind of one of the things that kind of was unique was he was talking through the turns and things on the videos where he's not talking to his opponent. He would have the, the few where he's talking through like what he's thinking as he's making this play um, or, you know, trying to, gauge what the opponent might be uh, holding in their hand versus what's in their deck based on, you know, the last time you looked through their deck, what looking at the dominance and, and things and 
there's a lot of people that like something as simple as getting to uh, play a lost soul from an opponent's deck. They'll just go in, you know, the you know newer players or, or players that are not as uh, you know technical with card games and things and and using the I guess the advantage of getting to play a lost soul from a deck to its full potential, um, getting to go through and okay, what dominance are they playing? So you know what you potentially look for in that game. You don't just play the lost soul from their deck. You get deck knowledge through that search and things like that. And that's one of those things that, you know, is beneficial to see other people do it if it's not something that you do so that you pick up some of those good habits. Um, so all the gameplay that's being recorded is is fantastic. The live streams, it feels like we've come a long way with redemption content and it's, it's, it's a, it's a renaissance, <laughs> but redemption with Jaden, the video this week was priestly giants and it was a lackey grand prix um round one game versus justin so Jaden and justin paired up uh in round one so that's out that came out thursday and if i had to guess it would be round two gameplay from Jaden as his video coming out this current week so that's more you know competitive style gameplay that you can watch there on Jaden's channel now the other thing I've got here to talk about as far as content is Land of Redemption. Land of Redemption, beautiful looking site. I know Chad mentioned a while back here on the podcast, actually, that he was going to be planning on doing the deck database where he took deck list and he had them available there and then showed kind of like the change logs that he had. So you could see kind of like the ideas that go into it. And I really like Chad's write-ups. Sometimes I'm like... It's like 1130 at night, though, Chad, and you put out one of these articles, and you do it late at night because you're on the West Coast. I get it, but you'll put these articles out when I'm trying to go to bed for work the next day, <laughs> and dude, you've written a book. Like, I got to go through three and four chapters to get to, like, the full thought of, like, why you built this deck, and of course, I'm going to read it, right? When I click on the article, I'm going to read. <laughs> if he's got if he's got 750 words, I'm reading 750 words. If it was 1,500 words, I'm reading 1,500 words because he does such a good job of giving you the idea. Like, this is the reason that I thought about this deck. This is how I approached it to start with. Here's the list. But these are changes that I've thought about. This is, you know, changes I have made. This is my pile of maybe cards that I'm working through to see if they can improve the deck. This is the goal of the deck. It has a weakness here, but I'm trying to overcome that weakness this way. He just gives you so much detail about his mindset when he's building decks. And I think that's that's fantastic. And so he's got the idea of this deck database. And anyone can submit a deck. And you take a deck list and just, as you make changes, put a change log. And then people can refer back to it and they can see the original deck. And then the changes. And see how that deck has morphed and changed to adapt to the current meta game. And that's a, a fantastic thing. It's, it's similar to um uh crud i knew it it was on the tip of my tongue the thing in magic the gathering that he said it was comparable to just go go read his article and you'll you'll know um but he put out a new deck and it's called the showstopper where he's playing with pact with death um trying to get it to work and he's also using i believe holy of holies as a secondary uh counterpiece because it kind of does the same thing as covenant with death negating characters but now we're at the point of the podcast where we're ready to debut 
our brand new power rankings. But I got this cool new transition I worked on, so we're going to use it. This week's power rankings. I mean, it's it's the best I could do on short notice. It took me about 10 minutes to do that. I think it works for now, but power rankings that we're going to do. Um, this first list is going to be different than what we're going to do in the future. And the reason for that is we're going to create a baseline and then tell you guys what to expect from our power rankings. Because if we're going to give you a weekly power rankings, you guys should know what to what the criteria is, what we're looking for when we come up with this list. And obviously, this is just our opinion. It doesn't have any bearing on anything, but it's something that I, I thought would be cool and, you know, gives a chance for more people in the community to get a shout out on the podcast and kind of do some more community engagement with the podcast having this. But it's kind of hard to decide where to start with doing power rankings because, like, Right now, there's certain players that are hot, that are, you know, on a on a good win streak. You know, Justin Allstead just finished up winning the Lackey Grand Prix last time. And, like, so where does he go in compared to people that did well at Nationals? And where do you adjust that scale and stuff? So this first list is going to be influenced based on where people finished at Nationals in the rankings for last year compared with the information that we have so far this year. Um, but focusing more on the the body of work as a whole within that time frame. So there's going to be people on this list, right, Brad? Like, we, we worked this list a couple of different times. Um, we were thinking about having two different lists, Brad having his list, me having my list, and comparing them. But then Brad went more focused on things that are happening right now and I went for creating kind of a baseline of this is where we stand. But basically, we're looking for people to be active within the community, people that are playing now, playing lots of games, and the results that we can gauge from, you know, the Lackey Grand Prix, the uh, Zoom Discord Invitational, uh, people playing tournaments in the RNRS rankings, being active within the community and stuff. But this first list is going to be more influenced as a whole, a snapshot. But there's people on this first list that will not even be in the top 10 next time we record, I would venture to say. Um, like Nick Marshall is on this list. Nick Marshall has not um, played since Nationals that I'm aware of, um, if he if he has like in like a Grand Prix and things. So it's not a knock on him or anybody that's not active right now, but we're trying to spotlight the people that are active um, with the power rankings. So... That's kind of where we're coming from, and hopefully that can be uh, taken as a, a fair assessment of kind of people that are helping shape the meta now, and no one gets feelings hurt over that, because <laughs> that's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to kind of spice up the podcast with some cool, different uh, content. Yeah, and hey, the the bottom line is, if you want to be on the list, you got to start winning. All you got to uh, do is win, baby. All you got to do is win, and then not only win, but if if we don't know about the tournament, you got to tell us about it. So <laughs> make sure we know. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we'd love to, there's going to be a lot of, uh, there, there'll be people on this list at some point that's never won a nationals or never won anything big, but they're just hot right now. Uh, they're, they're winning their games either in the zoom or in the lackey or kind of in their locals. And, uh, so 
you know, they'll, they'll crack in here and knock out some of these heavyweights. So if you're a person that does most of your playing and winning at nationals and you're not as active other times, don't get offended that you're not on the list. It's just we're trying to spotlight the community and the people that are playing and kind of give them something to shoot for by, you know, climbing the rankings here that we have. Um, and in the future, we not, we might go back to the idea that me and Brad first originally had of him having his list, me having my list, and then kind of comparing because we might build our list differently with different ideas, um, and that might be more engaging to talk about the differences and why someone is not higher, lower. Um, but we just figure, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes uh, a week of – Hey, we're going to talk about players that are doing well in tournaments and shouting them out is a way to just build up rapport with the community and, you know, let people be, have a little bit of spotlight for working their craft and getting better at the game. So with that being said, we will be doing these starting at the bottom and working our way to the top. So in 10th place, 10th place, Brad, who we got? 10th place. Cracking the list barely, but definitely well-deserved. Rob Smith, Demon Hunter. You were number Rob 10 on our list. And his his place on this is solidified by the fact that he's always around the break point of making top cut in these Lackey Grand Prix Zoom Discord Invitational. And he's pretty active in the community with building competitive decks. And um, he he seems to be someone that has really improved lately and I assume that the more he plays he's just going to keep kind of working his craft and getting even better so we've got him in the 10th slot here in ninth place we've got Mr. Chad France who just debuted a brand new deck and maybe that deck helps him climb this list a little bit higher but he's coming off of a zoom discord invitational tournament win and he is playing in the current Lackey Grand Prix um, and he's, he does well in those tournaments usually, and he's also helping to uh, share and generate um, competitive deck data to help shape the meta. So I think it's well-deserved for him to be on this list in the ninth spot. Yep. Number eight, we got Mark Valake. Uh, definitely couldn't leave him off the initial list. He's done uh, really well, different things in nationals, Um course uh in his play group and different things that he's traveled to um very solid player and uh got a lot of hardware to back it up so yeah mark is coming off of beating me and jeremy in teams last year getting rnrs and he is leading in i or i don't think he's leading but he's in second place in like three or three or four different categories for rnrs so far on this tournament season so Mark Valake uh, is right there in the eighth spot. Number seven, and this is someone that um, I definitely expect this person to climb these rankings if if current projections of where we are right now progressing into the tournament season, if we keep going that way, I fully expect to see his name climb this. But I've got number seven is the Guardian, Justin Allstead, coming off of a Lackey Grand Prix 13 win. And uh, he's he's one of those that he's crafted a couple of uh, super competitive decks. The deck that he played in the Lackey Grand Prix, um, I called it part-time Moses, but obviously it, it did a lot of other things. But 
using 20 shekels and kind of just finding cards that work well within the structure of that deck, having access to herdsmen. So I think being able to build that deck and kind of take his play style, what he's known for, and use new cards like those new dominance that let you add to battle and defense and build a deck that, that just feels like it's a Justin Allstead type deck. And it's working well with the new toys that we have presented. And I fully expect him this tournament season to to rise in the rankings there, especially as we head toward Mr. Classic. I mean, he could dethrone his brother and come <laughs> home with the hardware. I mean, they'll probably Good. sit in the same place all year, but it'll have his name on it in theory, you know, in, instead of instead of Jaden's if he's able to pull that off. So number seven is Justin Allstead. Number six may be the hottest player right now in Redemption. Uh, he um, is scorching scorching hot but he he was hot last tournament season as well like yes i mean until and he's our <laughs> we said it before when we were talking about it he's our dak prescott dak, of dak the prescott rankings the because he's a regular season warrior when it gets to nationals I, I mean we gotta we gotta see it at nationals but i mean super hot player yeah, uh, he beat me uh, two times in less than an hour uh, right before the Memorial Tournament, and that would be Jay Chambers, number yep. seven. who brought home the Thomas J. Chambers Memorial Tournament win. Um, so he won that big gathering of players in this kind of undefined meta when Roots had just hit and things, playing the um, Honeypot deck. So I think well-deserved to be on this list. We've got in the sixth place, Jay Chambers. Now, right above Jay Chambers is his boy, and he's probably uh, – he, he might he might position that maybe he should be higher. But in number five, I've got Josh Potratz. And the reason that I have him – I know he hasn't been super active lately. I believe the reason for that is, if I remember correctly, he might have uh, met someone and has – you know, been busy with life things with that versus, you know, playing a card game. So life does come before the cards. But Josh Potratz ended up with, I think, a top three finish in three different categories at Nationals. I think he finished top three in type one, booster, and sealed. So well-deserved for him to be on this list. And, you know, if we're gauging this as a baseline before we start kind of focusing more on the individual of what's happening now, it's, it's hard to say that anybody's done anything to be higher than him that we've mentioned because of the finishing top three in three different categories shows the versatility of him as a player. So well-deserved for him to be number five on the list. Number four is another hot hand uh, this tournament season, and that is Brian Booster Jones. Uh, also winning a couple categories. Uh, booster, Just Booster and sealed. and sealed. And then winning Booster and Sealed in R&RS. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, definitely had to have him on. Four, I think, is appropriate for that. Um, our top three are, it's just, it's just hard to, like, we both, we both had them top three in this order. Yeah. So, number three, hasn't been active since Nationals, but he won the premier category, so it's hard to, uh, to not have him on this list in a high regard. So, we've got Nick Marshall someone that was not active all that much during tournament season last year until a couple uh, or a few weeks before nationals and then put together that came one. And I mean, I would assume if he's able to come back just playing that same style and knowing the way that he can 
he can build decks kind of to answer what he's expecting to see without having to know a lot of intimate knowledge of what other people are playing. It just kind of gets like the bullet points of this is what I'm going to see. Um, that deck style. Yeah. I mean, kudos to him for being able to just pick it up and, you know, turn it on when he needs to, but that is Nick Marshall. So our type one champion is third place. Third place. That means two other people have to be better in our opinion, our Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp opinion (laughs) up here. But uh, On Club Shay Shay, baby. (laughs) So number two would be a type two champion, a second place in type one. Never lost a type one Back-to-back type two champion. Back-to-back. Somebody I don't think I've ever won a game against other than maybe a booster draft game, and that would be Jeremy Chambers. I'm not going to say it, but I will say it. The better chamber brother. <laughs> <laughs> not right now, actually, though. Shots fired. I, Maybe you, overall, you don't know. You overall know. body of work, yes. But, man, I don't know. If they played the game, I think I would have to put money on Jay right now. That's like comparing Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nationals. So, right now, i am got my money on Jay. <laughs> okay. All right. That, that, would, that would be cool to, to – force them into a head to head just so we can kind of kind of settle who's going to be higher on the list. <laughs> but Jeremy is is well deserving of this list. I mean, he's been on an absolute tear ever since, you know, leading up to Iowa and I mean, had they decided not to share the uh Love at First Sight deck for Texas Nationals, I believe Jeremy would have shown up and cleaned up there. Obviously, we know how that played out and stuff. I mean, he still made top eight there, but then Iowa Nationals and then the one here this past year in Knoxville, Tennessee, did really well at those great showing. So when it comes to those big tournaments, you know, Jeremy is going to show up with a deck and and be very competitive in those. But you and I also see him on the local scene a little bit, and he's always, I mean, it's... He just toys with us. It's not different for him. (laughs) So, definitely well-deserved there. Now, number one, I mean, we got to do it. We're, we're leading up to it. Mr. Classic himself. I mean, you win the belt. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, he is Mr. Classic, a champion 28 years in the making. I mean, that's he's carrying a title that no one else has. And, I mean, the belt might not stay up around him because, you know— it, it doesn't go that tight, but Jaden Allstead, um, we know him for the content he's bringing to the game. We know the exposure he's creating for the game. Um, does well at tournaments. He just won their district tournament there in Minnesota. We know that he usually does well, unless he plays the hottest player in the game right now, Jay Chambers, <laughs> apparently this week. But, I mean, the body of work for him over the last few years and – you know, knowing that he did well at nationals with um, kind of, I think he he played pretty tight with Nick Marshall, who ended up winning, and I think he was like half a point away from being top three in um, type one there. So he's definitely worthy of being on this list, and I think having the Mr. Classic title kind of right now of the season that we're going into, starting off, kicking it off with Mr. Classic, I think – I want to have him at the top of the list so that 
right now. Someone has to beat him. Otherwise, he's Mr. Classic two times, and he stays there in that top, you know, catbird seat. So this is where we are now in our current rankings, top 10 players. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one one more point is uh, I think he had to build two shelves for all his, like, trophies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for him, so. and, him and Justin combined. <laughs> but you know. there there is one name I will say honorary for this list. I mean, it was hard for us to take him off. But we had John Early on here because John Early is a guy that can flip the switch, build a deck, and show up at any tournament and be competitive and just, I mean, he has a chance to win. You know, going toe-to-toe and having Jay against the ropes in the Thomas J. Chamber Memorial Tournament. The thing with him, though, is because he's emceeing at Nationals, he didn't get to play, so didn't showcase uh, there. But he has been involved in some Lackey Grand Prix here and there. And, I mean, he's still a high-quality player. So definitely felt like we wanted to put him on the list of 10 to start with here. And then, you know, we felt like other people had, you know, recent accolades that kind of pushed them above him, which I'm sure he's cool with it. But, you know, maybe we like that fire under him now that we we talk about top 10 players. And, you know, maybe he wants to start playing in some tournaments and – you know, going for broke on people. Yeah, and, you know, as we uh, get the podcast out, hopefully every two weeks, fully expect this top ten to change every time that we uh, get together. So, Yeah, I think I think right now there's at least probably probably six, six plus spots are going to be different if we were to put this list out based on what is current right now. But again, we didn't really know where to start with doing a power rankings, um, you know, being that obviously we wanted to, to do it because it's cool. I mean, imagine if you work hard and you win a tournament and you, you get a couple wins over some top people to be like, dude, I'm ninth on the power rankings. Yeah. And then you, you get a couple more wins. I'm sixth on the power rankings and you're moving up. And I mean, maybe some people won't find it that cool, but you know, me and you having a sports background, enjoying sports and things like power rankings is kind of how you gauge, um, you know, who you believe in as a team, as a player um, in this regard, if you were to sit down at a tournament right now. And I think that's kind of where we went here is like if we were to have a tournament right now and all these guys were available. I mean, if you ask me who I'm putting my money on above anybody else, it's hard to bet against Jaden. It's hard to bet against Jeremy. It's hard to bet against Nick Marshall if he's showing up for, you know, a type one tournament. Brian Jones and Booster and Sealed and stuff. Like so there's there's reasons that they're on this list. But again, players that are active and playing. So another player that we wanted to put on the list, but we we didn't feel like we could right now because we want to create the baseline, tell you guys what the expectation is, and then we'll do it next week. But Joe, um, Joe Mama is his screen name joe andragetti i believe is his name uh but we felt like he had some we had some consideration on you know making him there towards the you know the 10th spot because he's he's been putting some good games together and like going toe-to-toe with some some players that are on this list and things and and doing well in the lackey grand prix and and whatnot but obviously Again, I, I feel like I'm I'm running in circles to to stress it. Hope no one gets offended at this. This is meant to motivate people, and it'd be cool for people to, you know, 
get mentioned on the podcast here when they do well and start winning some some games and things of that nature. So we want to celebrate you, not put you. Yes, down. yes, we're not putting anybody down. We're just celebrating the ten that are better than you if you ain't on the list, <laughs> punk. You know what I mean? You could be eleven and never know it, right? Yeah, so just, I mean, just put yourself in that spot. Are we going to have to do the 10, first five out? <laughs> first five out that just didn't make the cut. <laughs> but it's also really cool to, um, as like looking at this though, is creating um, a chance for a chance for um, how do I how do I word it? But people to come in like when you get that big win, like Renee from our friend from Germany, which mm-hmm. we're hoping to have on the podcast soon. He just got a big win. I forget who it was he beat, but he was like super excited about it in the Lackey Grand Prix, I believe it was. And that's the thing that like he gets that win and feels really ecstatic about it. And a couple of those together, maybe you see your name on this list, and it feels like a payoff for, you know, maybe all the times you got beat by that type of person. But I'm really looking forward to adding this as a segment on the podcast, and hopefully you guys are too. But we do have the interview with Mr. Babuni Tim coming up, and we'll we'll get ready to do that. First, I do want to uh, shout out and say that we are sponsored by Covenant Games, Mr. John Early over there, uh, making sure that we are able to, uh, you know, pay for our hosting fees and things of that nature. So, you know. Just drop him a line and tell him thanks for sponsoring the podcast and, you know, making it possible for you to get these one episodes a month. (laughs) Anything you want to say to the people, Brad, before we jump in with Mr. Tim here? Yeah. um, John, you need to play so you can be in the top 10. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, if you if you if you make the top cut and you carry the banner of the podcast, you could make the top 10. I'm not worthy. Yeah. Probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get into the interview or whatnot with Babuni Tim, the uh, OG of Redemption content all of a sudden. I mean, he's got, got a ton of uh, interesting ideas and things. So hopefully you enjoy the interview with him, and we'll catch you next time. All right, guys, we are here with the one, the only, a man living in his own jungle, Mr. Babuni Tim. How you doing, fella? Hey, hey glad to be here. Just go ahead and tell us where where do you where do you get the time to make all these videos, man? Like you are that's a you are putting question. up content we like are, crazy. We are putting out the videos. My goal is to do one a day, and um, it's a really ambitious goal. But right now, I'm in between jobs, so that's what I've been doing with my time. Oh, okay. I remember when we started the podcast. I was like, I'm going to do one a week, and the amount of work that went into that. Obviously, I have not been keeping up with that schedule lately, but. I I, yeah, I commend yeah. you for for shooting for a goal of one one video a day. It's so. I I don't know where all this energy is coming from. Like I I don't think I've ever experienced something like this where I feel this creative output coming out of me, and so I'm really just taking with it and running with it. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, and it's also cool to see kind of uh, I guess the the growth of coming in and trying to learn the game like you mentioned mm-hmm. trying to work your way towards learning the meta and things for yeah. uh nationals and while you're trying to do that you're putting out videos that people like me and brad and other people in the community that are active right now can watch and actually gain useful information from so it's not like it's user 
uh, our new new user friendly. Hmm. It's just user friendly for everybody. Yeah, that's that's the goal. I want I want the videos to be easy to follow for everybody of all skill levels and especially I I'm such a visual person and for me having like cards on the screen. And so when I'm talking about cards, I try to make it that I always have that card on the screen. And so like that makes it so newer people can read, but then other people who probably know more can just analyze the gameplay and and think about a lot more than just the card on the screen. The overlays definitely help. Um I've got a 10 year old son and, and I've, I've shown him a little bit of it and it, it seems to, I'm not trying to knock somebody like Jaden. Jaden is a great guy, but Jaden has a uh, slightly monotone voice and, and he's talking more technical stuff. That doesn't grab a 10 year old's attention, but I mean, <laughs> a cartoon a talk, monkey on the other a, hand. A talking monkey. <laughs> like that'll get a 10 year old's <laughs> attention. I mean, yeah. So, so that definitely resonates with, with my son and I, I wouldn't, I would assume that other people's kids that are playing the game, it's easier for them to, Hey, here, watch this deck. Are you interested in this? <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of cool. Now from your, uh, introduction on the discord, you came into the game around 2010. Is that right? That's correct. Um, back in the day. I had a youth pastor. He came into town. He brought his redemption cards with him and he started teaching the youth group redemption. And I have two brothers. And so, you know, all of us brothers got in redemption around the same time. It was so fun just to go home and, and have little collections and play each other with the redemption decks. I have memories of driving to a tournaments like three hours away and just competing there. I didn't do very well, but it was just like a, fun nostalgic memories and but um eventually like you know time happens and our interests change and redemption just kind of faded away from me for a bit and so I stopped playing for a long time and then um do you want to hear the story about how I got back into it around this of, year of course yeah that yeah we're all here for it yeah okay so I went and visited my family back and they live in Washington and over Christmas right and my brother's like okay, what about for Christmas? What if we got a box of redemption cards? I was like, redemption? I haven't thought about that game in like 10 years. And so they, he got a box of Israel's Rebellion and we just like cracked it open, drafted with it. I was just like, oh my gosh, the game just feels so different than it did. And my curiosity was like, again, intrigued. It's like, I wonder how the game has changed. And I wonder what decks are, are meta. And like, my brain just started churning. And over Christmas got reintroduced to Redemption. And then in January, I was like, you know what? Why don't I try to learn this game again, all, all over again? Like, I'm just starting from square one. I'm just like a monkey in the jungle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, every, everyone seems to have almost that, that kind of trajectory with the game. They get introduced to it at some point. Then they, whatever reason, they no longer play. Like, Brad, I think you had it with your brother, and then didn't think about it. And then one night we were at Chick-fil-A. I was <laughs> with the youth group and you're mm -hmm. like, have you ever heard of a game called Redemption? And then we went <laughs> to Lifeway and here we are five years later, uh, yeah, heavily involved in the game. It's, it's funny how those little tiny decisions can like change your life forever. For me, another one of those decisions was like one of my birthdays. I was going to, oh, I'm going to learn a musical instrument. And so I'd learned like bass guitar for that year. And that was like one of the decisions has like opened up so many other things for me. I, I feel for many people like that little decision, like, hey, I want to learn this 
this weird this card game has these cool little cards you know i bet you met so many people and so many different connections all across the united states because of this game yeah uh, I was so just cool. talking about it earlier about all the, the tournaments that I'm hoping to travel to this year. And like, I've gone to States mm-hmm. that I've never like visited now that I'm involved mm-hmm. in the game and chasing tournaments. And I go for the, I don't even go to tournaments for like the competitive play. It's really just the hanging out with the people that I've, I've built relationships with and cool, you know, memories with already in just mm-hmm. my short time with the game. And that's something that I feel is like super unique to this game. I feel like, and I don't want to be like that cheesy, you know, Christian influence of, you know, this, this is a Christian game. So we, we have a really great community and just that assumption, but most games that are competitive and especially like card games, you have that almost line where you can, it can really tend to go toxic quickly. Mm. Um, And I think that we do a really good job of, kind of steering away from that in our community. And I think that's a, that's kind of a cool thing. And it makes it, it, it makes you want to be involved with the game. And maybe that's part Mm -hmm. of why, you know, like you said, you, you never had that creativity, uh, that, that urge to, to be that creative. I don't know. I feel like our community kind of brings that out of people too. Yeah. All all the feedback I received, just the people in the comments or people just sending me messages on discord has been nothing but positive and encouraging and people are just so ready to welcome new and just new people like me it doesn't feel like super clicky or anything and I, i'm really grateful for this report support I've, I've received from everyone so thank you for anyone yeah. who's been watching and yeah <laughs> yeah so anytime we can add a redemption player is always a plus <laughs> um mm-hmm. but especially somebody like yourself uh, you mentioned your brothers and you open up packs. Uh, does that mean, do your brothers play? My older brother, we're trying to f- figure out if we're going to go to the Northwest Regionals. It's the closest regionals to where I live. I live in California, kind of like a Santa Barbara area. And the closest regionals is like in Oregon. <laughs> mm. How far is that from you? Oh, man. It's, I don't, I could look it up on the map, but it's, at least a 10 hour drive 12 hours man it's like yeah i go from south south of california all the way to like then it but it's interesting because i'm like i'm i don't have a job right now i got nothing else to do like you know like why not why not go it's like either that or texas it feels like (laughs) yeah yeah i will say though that in oregon that's where chad france is at and see the tree the guy that runs land of redemption Mm. and he, I don't know, he kind of splits with hosting those tournaments or um, there's a couple of people from Idaho, I believe it is, that come over and help him host. Uh, Mike Lasky mm-hmm. and Luke Taylor, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But those are really good guys and they, they share uh, pictures and um, uh, things from their, their tournaments when they have them. And it's, it seems like a really cool tournament to go to. Now, that's much too far for me to travel to for a regional when I've got... <laughs> so many closer to me. Um, yeah. But I would, if, if that's the, the closest one for you, I would say that I would, I would feel comfortable suggesting that you make that, that commitment if you can, because oh. those are great guys to work with. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, it also depends upon the promos, right? What are the promos that are going to be handed out? Yeah. yeah. That, that is regional promo is supposed to be spoiled. I think in the next, within the next couple of days, or uh, maybe maybe within the next week or so, 
according to the schedule that Gabe shared on the spoiler channel. Uh, we did see the uh, the state tournament promo already. Banner of Love. It came out this week, and it was it was pretty good. It's adorable. So, normally, I'm on top of my my game, and I kind of already have hints and ideas of what this these things are going to be before they come out. But I have not been in tune with that lately. I'm going to have to. I heard there's going to be a lot of spoilers at Mister Classic potentially, so mm-hmm. we'll have to corner corner Chris and Tyler and kind of squeeze some details out of them. So, um, are you speaking of traveling to the regional tournament and you mentioned you're also working towards kind of learning the meta towards nationals. Is there a chance that you're going to be able to make nationals? Oh, I I plan on it. I told my friend, he kind of lives in Michigan around that area. I was like, Hey, I'm coming like the first week of August. He's like, we've been wanting to have you for so long. I'm like, this is going to be two birds with one stone. So he's excited. I'm excited. And I'm I'm definitely planning on making it to nationals this year. That's Very awesome. Cool. That is definitely awesome. I I it was kind of inferred with you talking about learning the game, uh, with the idea of building toward nationals. So, yeah, it's like the story arc. Dun dun dun. dun. I I'm thinking about like from for more videos I'm gonna do. I'm having like a counter, like a countdown timer of like days until nationals. So it's just like That's always kind of like in the back of my true, mind of just true. like. We're building towards something. There's a story arc here, you know, so I'm I'm excited. Yeah, definitely exciting. Um, we uh we like to say the hype train is uh in full effect about this time of year when tournament season starts building up and it seems like there's momentum. It it does seem a little bit like this year, and I was talking about that on the part we were recording earlier, um, the recent news and things with Brad there, but it seems like kind of tournament season is approaching faster than the hype is building. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe with your video content and we get some more consistent podcast out and everybody starts seeing some of these results from the early tournaments in the season, maybe we can really build up the hype mm-hmm. for nationals because I think the game's at a really good spot. Obviously you would be able to speak to this, but for new players to come in or returning players to come in and yeah. we've got new starter decks, we've got, new set yeah. with roots kind of replacing the filler cards that nobody let, let's just be honest nobody really wants anymore <laughs> because they've been in packs for so long it's one of those things that doesn't present well for the game when i agree oh i got I four good 100%. cards and then all these cards that nobody wants and they're not even legal to play in most tournaments yeah and getting roots is such a big um boost for you know the games um i guess exposure yeah. because now you can buy a booster pack and you get all playable cards all new cards that you can use to craft a deck and i think that's big and that's important for this game to be able to try to pull in new players it's exciting you know that's exactly what happened to me and my brother it's just like hey let's get these new cards i don't we don't want these filler cards let's give let's go for the box that doesn't have the filler cards you know so that's exactly where our journey started and (laughs) so yeah when it comes to uh you said you got ir at first Brad, you know what I'm about to ask. So the clearly there was a, a oversight with the printer to where the white borders got extended um, yep, because they yep. had like the print safe area. They added it, but we had ad- apparently added it when we sent the cards or our, yeah. um, I guess Rob sent it over with uh, a print area already. Yeah. 
So you got these fat white borders. What were your initial thoughts? Go ahead and hit us with it because <laughs> okay, so we're ready. I don't know if it was just our particular batch of cards, but they're so like we had the roots cards and then we had the IR cards, and they were different sizes. One was like bigger than the other, and so we were like trying to shuffle the decks together, and you could just tell like which cards were like the IR cards and which ones were the roots cards. <laughs> mm. So, but the but the white borders, yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I hope that issue gets corrected in the future. Yeah. Well, the, I think they got it corrected for uh, the Roots cards, and it's back to normal, and that came out yeah. shortly after. So I yeah. think it was just switching over to a new printer, having that. But I do know that, especially if you come from another game and you open, it's kind of like the one bugaboo we're still going to have is somebody's going to oh, crack yeah. open IR and be like, what is with these fat there's white so borders? There's so much white. Yeah, yeah, there's just so much So white. much wasted area. Like, my eyes ah yeah but i think once you get past that i think the the game's in a really good spot for for people to come in and the abilities have been simplified if you uh were to have gotten some of those filler cards and read some of those abilities compared to now the standardization of wording and and things i think puts the game in a really good light and i yep. think that that's one of the biggest uh improvements that and it's almost like a necessary improvement. I think if that change had not started to happen to make the game more easy to understand, I think the complexity of the game would have been its own downfall. Like we like complex strategy. We like to yeah. have different play styles and things and depth of strategy. But when it becomes you gotta have like a some kind of like redemption PhD to understand abilities. I mean yeah, the learning <laughs> I can't afford the education. Is... Yeah. Yeah, the learning curve of this game is really steep. But like you said, that's what makes it interesting. And you got to find this trade-off of like, what's the ideal amount of complexity, but also how can we make this game easier for people to pick up? And that's a tough that's a tough job. I don't envy the people designing cards. I mean, I feel like they've done a really good job with these last sets, like trying to tone down the complexity, tone down the power, and add back in some yeah. of that just classic root stuff, you know? Back to the roots. Yeah, definitely. So do you have a background i would i would assume that you probably have a background in other competitive cards potentially yeah i played magic the gathering for a while and that was kind of my hobby of choice um the cool thing about magic i didn't have to drive three hours to go to tournament i only could i could drive like 20 minutes to go and it became it was like much more convenient and the community was like a lot larger a lot more content was readily available and you know, I could go to Walmart and pick up magic cards where I couldn't do that with Redemption. So accessibility, I feel like, was a major uh, compelling reason for me wanting to play magic. Um, and I've had an off and on relationship with, with that card game over the years. But ultimately, it just like, it didn't like feel anything exciting anymore. I'd really been a fan of these certain formats and those formats had changed so, so many times. And the cards that I really love to play, <laughs> I couldn't play those cards anymore. So here's a little deep cut. So there's one of the cards in Magic called Hooting Mandrills. It's like a baboon type monkey card. Of course, and it would that was be like a one of my card. favorite. <laughs> it was one of my favorite cards, and um, so that's kind of like the original inspiration behind Baboonie Tim. Was just like I'm paying homage to that card and just my love of just the silly Hootie Mandrills type of type of card. <laughs> Speaking of changes and. You, Brad, you can you can speak to this too. From our time in the game, there's been a lot of a lot of rule changes and things. So, 
you coming in or, or coming back to the game post some of those rule changes, if you had stepped yeah. into the game three years ago, I mean, you would have been sitting there and they would have been shuffling your hand and you would have been playing with no hand. Yeah, it would have been a much different experience than the one I had in 2024. My 2024 experience has been very fun. It's not a little bit overwhelming at times, but there were there's been very few moments where I've just sat there and like have felt like really defeated about what is going on in the game or really confused about what's happening. For me, it's just really exciting, engaging. It doesn't feel like super oppressive or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's been that way in the past, and I'm glad that we've kind of gotten on the other side of that. There for a while, Brad was kind of, uh, every time he seemed to play a game against somebody, he would not get to play his cards. What was it, the, the one game against Jeremy, you're like, dude, I didn't even get to play anything. And it's just so yeah. nice to hear somebody coming into the game a couple of years past that and kind of, yeah. you know, like we've worked through that and... I, I mean, I guess it's it's a lot brighter on this side of that. Yeah. I, I did want to say one thing. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to the people who were helping me learn Lackey and, and just learning Redemption again. Like those moments where I come into the game, I'm brand new. I have this random deck list. I don't know what half the cards even do. And then asking someone like, hey, can you play Lackey with me? And then like being seasoned tournament veterans and being gracious and saying yes. You know, I totally got destroyed in those games, but I learned so much. And of course, it wasn't even like close or competitive, but those games were just so formative for me, like getting exposed to the games and also just learning. So even though those games might not provide much tactical or strategic value to the person, like, you know, teaching and leading, they're so valuable to the, the newer players. So if you ever see like a newer player wanting to play Lackey, Definitely help them out for sure. Yeah. You got to be a, what What was it, Brad? You guys used to be the uh, Lackey. <laughs> Hoot Owl Gamers Guild. <laughs> yeah, that's or what it was. Lackey Ace. But yeah, there was a, um, there was a group of us that was always up late, you know, for a while, you know, playing 11, 12, one in the morning, whatever it was. So, and it was kind of a consistent group. So we actually got like a, a tag you know but yeah that, that was definitely uh one of the things you know one thing i've noticed about uh, you in particular is is just how fast the learning curve got accelerated to where you understood you you mm. have a comprehensive knowledge of like how the game works um for us it took a lot longer <laughs> I, I don't know how long it took but you're talking about you know you've been playing for almost two months now and like you you have a better grasp of the game than a lot of people that's probably been in it for you know a year or two it, because it is such a high learning curve and that was one thing I was going to ask is if you had a background in other card games or like what you know you, you say playing in lackey and people helping you but even that I mean there's the rule book the redemption is yeah. still 150 pages yeah. long. The, and, nah, I, I printed you know. it. It's longer than that, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, Remember when I printed it, I had the binder, and every time we had a problem, we would go to the paper book oh, of wow. redemption, like the reg yeah. printed out with yeah. the ordeer and all that printed. Yep. And so we were uh, we would stay up like, what, 3, 4 a.m. on Wednesdays, yeah. Wednesday nights into Thursday morning playing, and every time we had a question, we had to – Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Can't figure it out. Ask 
yeah. Marcus and Redemption Aggie would jump on. But learning learning that way and learning now where Lackey is kind of at the forefront, we have the Lackey Grand Prix. If you go on mm-hmm. to Land of Redemption, Lackey and online play is kind of there at the, the front page of mm-hmm. Redemption uh, on Land of Redemption site. Uh, it's it's nice to know that the community has fully embraced that and created kind of a, a better way for players to adapt and get used to gameplay. Yeah, definitely feels like there's an ecosystem set up to facilitate growth. Um, you were asking me, like, what have been some of the things that have helped me grow and, and learn quickly? I I initially sat down, and one of my first things was like, okay, so much has changed since the last time I played Redemption. I still know I have to draw three cards at the beginning of the turn, but aside from that, I don't, really don't know what else. So I tried to sit down and read the whole REG in one go. I gave up pretty quickly. But, <laughs> you know, the best way to eat an elephant is just one little bite at a time. And so for me, that's that's looked like playing games and then encountering different scenarios, which bring up questions about the rules. And for me, the most important part about my journey, I think, has been getting the quick answers from discord about different ruling interactions and those the answers mm-hmm. are really like consistent um they're really concise and they make sense and i'm just like oh so again like the ruling question in discord has been so crucial for me also i want to say like because i'm a visual learner having the option to record my gameplay and then go back and commentate and like rewatch what i'm doing that gives me like a whole new perspective mm-hmm. And it helps me like really like learn like ask myself learn to ask myself what could I be doing differently here, instead of like attributing all my my losses to like oh they drew their their son of God at the the right time, for me getting to rewatch gameplay over and over and over again it's like a technique that musicians use like when if you're a musician the best way you can improve as a musician is hearing yourself play so recording and then listening back to what you do you really pick up on nuances you can't. Um, discern while you're playing and I feel like the same concept has applied here but and and that's been really powerful that getting to watch my gameplay and then yeah almost every every game in Lackey I've rewatched, and that's crazy like almost every single game of redemption I've I've rewatched and analyzed it again and I think that's helped me a lot too yeah I like to usually compare redemption for a lot of reasons to like football because you have, unlike other card games to where it's just like the active players doing stuff and the the uh, non-active players really just sitting there maybe with a hand trap or something in some other games. But here we have an offense and a defense that's working in tandem to achieve the win condition and trying to slow your opponent down and stuff. And uh, another thing, like you mentioned, watching your gameplay back just reminds me of back in high school and, and everybody yeah. still does it in – you know, professional sports all the way up yeah. is going back watching to tapes. watching watching last week's game to figure out what we did good, what we did wrong, what we can improve on, That's finding exactly areas it. of yeah. weakness. And it, it just, it, it's like the perfect uh, kind of way to self-evaluate. And it also lets you know if like you get affected because sometimes I know that when I'm sitting across from someone and I'm playing, I'll get into a conversation with them and based on that conversation and being more involved in that than the actual table. <laughs> Cause I mean, it is a casual right. game, but you know, like, yeah. like you want to talk it to the other person, but sometimes that can lead you to misplay and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, 
you don't really get to like you sit there after the game and you're like trying to think of it but lackey's a good way if you record your gameplay there um mm-hmm. to be able to go back and actually look and analyze so that's another benefit of lackey is kind of being able to just hit screen record and then be able to go back and relive that versus having to try to think about it mentally i think like Jaden and justin allstead the fortress allstead that we were talking about earlier is kind of um the way that they play a game as soon as the game's over they will sit there and start analyzing every move that whether they made the right move in a situation or not as they're yeah. picking up their deck for the next game and that's yeah. such a good tactic because you can realize even if you won a game is there an area that might have potentially tripped you up and you made a wrong play yeah. or was there a better play and all of that self-evaluation is is great as a tool to to work and improve for the next game i agree yeah uh, i really agree when i played justin last night um that's exactly what he was doing he said so when i did this you did this but if i had done this what would you have done you know yeah and and he's trying to figure out a way like if he would have gone back and done it different could he have got a different result um yeah. and which is super helpful and i think that's one thing you do tim is uh whenever you're evaluating your videos you're like well could i've done this should i've done this you know yeah. uh, definitely a cool thing i i think of that moment in the marvel's avengers where you have doctor strange like looking at the time stone trying to find all the different futures you know it's like yeah <laughs> there's one Thanks, in Brad. 626 billion i don't know this what, is the only the way to win are. this game yeah and somehow it involves tony stark <laughs> man you know that would be a cool case study is finding people in the redemption community and figuring out which marvel avengers they would be like who's who's the who's the captain america in in redemption mm-hmm. Who's the who's the mm-hmm. Thor? Who's the you know Tony Stark, Iron Man? That'd be interesting case study. Maybe maybe that's some future content we can we can uh, when we're we're slow on content for the podcast, we can bring that up. But speaking about uh, like content and things, obviously you've been going through and trying to uh, anytime a new deck comes up, it seems like and becomes kind of knowledge uh, available within the community. You're trying to go and find a deck tech video, or you're doing a deck tech video. Yeah. Then there's gameplay, yeah. things of that nature. So I assume that that kind of trend is going to continue. But um, do you have any other direction for your future content that you're going to work on? A video a day. I assume you're going to uh, you're going to have your work yeah. cut out for you can finding stuff to, to do. <laughs> but do you have any idea? I I have so many. I have them trying to all write them down and not forget them. But I have an idea about like a redemption boot camp. This is more like geared for the people who are like really trying to learn the game and all the different interactions. And so I have a video dropping it later this week. It's like redemption for dummies, like Lost Soul Edition. We're gonna talk about the Lost Souls and maybe get into like a, a deep more detail later. So like a like a more of like a teaching kind of lecture centered one instead of being focused around a deck it's more like concepts of the game of redemption itself that's interesting there there is one video uh similar to that i don't know if you've ever come across it um if you've looked at a lot of redemption content on youtube if you search a, a enough different ways you'll end up coming across this video of jay chambers 
and mm-hmm. uh god bless him but there's this video where he is like it feels like he's telling you you don't know how to play the game of redemption because you don't know how to manage resources and things and it's like it's a straight up lecture style video and you just i don't even know if there's a video to it if it's just audio on a no on a video. it's up there yeah he's up there he's yeah. he's been wanting to try and redo it for 2024 so maybe we'll see an update on that type of video from mr j chambers nice yeah i mean there's a lot of good content in it but it's like if you don't if you don't know jay it, it just kind of jumps out and grabs you <laughs> if you know jay yeah. you kind of expect that kind of video and kind of he, he, he's a little bit aggressive with it <laughs> but that that's cool uh, i mean i also have another idea for videos about trying to do some more coding stuff and presenting my findings there with all the different simulations i've been running for the game of redemption I'm trying to figure okay. out the best way to present that information. Right now, it's just like a code and a program. But I'm like, what's the best way to actually... It's like, I don't know. Maybe I'll build a little website for it. I don't know. So that's like another kind of more techie thing that I, I'm interested in too. Since you brought that up, I was going to ask about your, your simulation thing that you did. But doing that um, and finding a way to do that, and you mentioned building a possibly building a little website for that. Like so, you have a background in 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 let's just call it techie stuff, like web design yeah. or or things like that. I'm a code monkey. Um, I code worked monkey. on back end <laughs> okay. engineering. Yeah, so that's I'm a DevOps engineer by trade, and yeah, I just love coding, and it's cool to see like my love of coding over overlapping with my love of these different types of card games, and it's cool to see what they can do together. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll make a video on that. Teach us how to <laughs> teach us how to have our own character and you know, set these things up behind the scenes. <laughs> you know, I never, I didn't know how to do any sort of editing, content creation be- before January. So it's also been a journey about learning how to upload videos and make monkey character talk. And it's, I've been learning so much this year. It's been amazing so far. I don't know, like, there's something in your DNA that makes you a special person for being able to learn things fast if you didn't do yeah. any content creation before january you got a video a day goal you're killing <laughs> it with videos the overlays are cool um even the little monkey is cool <laughs> i mean your your ability to learn things seems to be pretty 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 quick on the on the draw it's definitely like if i was like a a character in D D, like learning things quickly would be one of my I don't know abilities. I'd roll, roll for. Yeah. So, so like if you were in Jumanji and you slapped your chest and it brought up your, <laughs> your skills and yeah. abilities. Oh yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. We, My should do that. we should do that for him. We should make him like some attributes. <laughs> yeah. So the little monkey slaps his chest and it pulls up attributes. I have one last video concept that I've been kind of batting around. Um, so I did play Lackey Grand Prix my third round against Mr. J Chambers, none other. And let's just say it did not end well. <laughs> it was so bad. I honestly contemplated. I honestly contemplated not even showing it to anybody. It was just like it was one of those mistakes you make, and you're just like, I'm such a a monkey, you know? It's like, why did I do that? But I'm gonna take that video. I'm going to overlay it with like a narrator narrating like, now watch the giant monkey make this, mis-, you know, like kind of like a David Attenborough <laughs> type vibe. Just like narrating this disaster in real time. 
And it's kind of going to be more of like a funny like meme video. And this is the moment he knew he messed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm going to take my mistake and turn it into a moment of laughter and learning. So in uh, in the moment, you could, I wish you could hear me on the call with him. I was so sad. I was so sad about it. But just in retrospect, I can laugh about it now. So like, um, I, I know in one of your recent videos, you mentioned like taking losses basically as that's the phrase, take a loss as a lesson. Um, and it, it just feels like whenever, and I know you're like going back over the video, but it feels like every time you commentate on it, you just like are so cool headed about whether you win or lose. It's just like, it just is what it is. You know, you're learning and that's the yeah. main thing. Do you, do you feel really feel that way though, whenever you're like in it or is it kind of like this last video? When, when I'm losing a game really badly, there's like this sinking feeling uh -huh. in my stomach of just like powerlessness that it's really sad. And um, I really have to balance that emotion and remind myself, ground myself like, hey, this is my identity isn't wrapped in the fact that I can play a digital card game well or, or whatever, you know, it's like yeah. I have a greater source of identity and and I need to be creating from that source rather than trying to derive identity from from it, you know, if that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, it is hard. It's a wise yeah. monkey right there. Yeah, my my yeah. guys, that's a wise monkey. I'm preaching to the. I'm preaching to myself here, though, for sure, because I, because yeah, I I do like to win, and embracing like losses as a as a as a different type of mindset. It's like losses aren't the worst thing in the world, you know. It's like losses are opportunities for growth, and uh, the more I lose, like the more normal losing becomes and the less less weight it carries in my mind i think also playing a lot of games because that's something that i think me and brad had to adapt to and, and figure out and kind of wade in that water a little bit before we got to where a loss doesn't bother you as much because yeah. we would play each other and that was really our only outlet and then like some nights i would have your number you would have my number and then whichever one of us did not do well kind of was irritated at the end of it. <laughs> um, I mean, it was late driving. Yeah. So sometimes I was irritated and it actually helped me stay awake because I was like, man, I'm going to get him next week. I'm going to get him. I'm going to change this in my deck. Oh, yeah. I'm going to change that. I definitely remember that feeling with my brothers. We would play a lot. Yeah. And there'd just be so much like animosity sometimes when someone just kept winning. It was just like so <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. I think the community, though, opening up and having the Lackey Grand Prix, the uh, people interacting and just playing, you know, casual pickup games on Lackey and more tournaments and things as the game has kind of moved, um, you know, kind of took on the what COVID was to the game and how it hurt the community. And then, you know, it has built back up stronger afterwards. Um, and as more games are available for you to play and you play more games it gets to be less of a a stressful thing for you to take on a loss. Like if I were to play now and lose, it's okay because I know I've always got an opportunity to play another game. But when me and Brad were in that back and forth to where that was our only time to play and it was like I had to wait a whole nother week to get a chance to, you know, redeem myself. Talk about the namesake of the game, Redemption, to redeem myself. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it, 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 it hurts a lot more. So if you're struggling with that, like from the, the stressful side of like 
taking a loss and not able to, you know, take that in stride. All you really need to do is play more games. Yeah. And it's it's cool that the community has kind of created a bunch of outlets for people to get a lot of games in now. Yeah. Um, so just play more games, guys. Also, like, I found myself, if I feel super triggered by losing a game, oftentimes there's more going underneath the surface of Tim than, you know, just a game. You know, maybe, like, I had a really rough day or, or you know, asking the question, like, why do I feel so triggered by this loss? That's been really helpful in illuminating what's really been going on in my heart and giving, like, perspective about Actually, I'm not not upset at the game. I'm just upset about the way my life like feels right now. Or, for example, I'm telling you, it's a wise monkey we got here. <laughs> hey yo. One other thing I was going to ask you about your uh, we touched on your analytics that you did, and uh, kind of coming up with I think the way that you you had it set up was you were trying to figure out to get like a key card in your opening hand or whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. How much of that, and I, I, I think I commented on that video and told you that I kind of did, what I did last year was I created like an Excel spreadsheet and I just had like questions and I would do like this test hand and then I would answer yes or no for these different things. Like I had, like I knew Herod's was really strong as a defense and if they presented the protected Herod, was yeah, I Herod, able to Archie. get over that? Yeah, well, depending on whichever rescue you do, because there's one for loan and then there's one if there's more than one in battle. But either one, like whichever rescue you present, are you able to get around the protected Herod that would potentially be on the other side of the table? But how deep do you think you could get into those analytics and kind of uh, like what all what all statistics could you could you share about a deck's ability inside of that simulation? Um, so the program isn't anything spectacular. Like I don't have a working game of redemption. You know, there's not like these interrupt and negate battles happening. It's more of like. You draw your cards, you look at the cards in your hand. It's like, hey, do I have a Matthew in my hand? Okay, you know, add it to the tally of games that I have Matthew in play on turn one. Um, so given those parameters, it would be pretty easy to answer questions like that you presented, like, hey, what percent of the time do I have an answer to a character that's immune to lone heroes? You just need to, in the parameters of the simulation, you just need to figure out, okay, I have maybe like four answers. And then what percentage of the game can I get to those four answers, like on turn one or, or turn two even? So so that's that's kind of like the, the limitations of the game. Just maybe look, looking at the first kind of goldfish, as you will. First goldfishing one or two or three turns, given a certain like deck. Do you think that the potential for, and I, I don't think it's ever really going to go back there, but um, there was talk recently about the reserve rule and if maybe the game has, you know, balanced itself enough that we could get rid of, like, turn one reserve limitation, you know, where you can't take cards from reserve. And that was, like, a consistency boost uh, when it was, totally, you know, available for you to do that. Mm-hmm. If something like that were available um, and you were trying to run analytics – through your simulation, would you be able to adapt to the reserve being able to yeah, give you access yeah. to that? For sure. Not only could I adapt to that, I could show like just how much more consistent opening up that reserve list would make these decks. You know, for example, like, okay, here's what it's like right now. Now we're going to open up the reserve. I could factor in the complexity and how many more cards can like access the reserve now. And I could 
show like a percentage increase of like, I can actually get Matthew into play like 20% more times now that the reserve is open up on turn one. For, for example, this is just like in theory, but I'm, I'm starting to get right. excited about the idea. Yeah. So do you get where my, uh, my lines going here is uh, if people are talking about that as a discussion point and saying, Hey, what if we did this? And then if you have your simulation that could provide statistics that show this is what the reserve yeah. uh, would open uh -huh. up, like it would increase this and you had like a case study without the reserve access and with it, that's kind of some information that maybe we haven't been able to have right. in the community. Like we just had to play games and kind of log what happened and do it retroactively right. Right. without running a simulation, if you will. So I don't I don't know if that's necessarily something that you would want to take on, but that could be a <laughs> cool cool, that's, cool that's talking cool point. Hey yo, I'm always looking for new video ideas. So hey yo, I know that people talk about that, and then they also talk about um, the other big thing is the uh, potential for activation. But I don't I don't think you can really help with that. That's kind of its own mm -hmm. its own beast. I think we should start a hashtag: Bring back Remnant and Exiles. Lost souls. <laughs> Bring them back. Is that before my time? So, so 2019 when we came in, there's two lost souls, Remnant and Exiles, that were like literally in every deck. I feel like if you could get Remnant, because Remnant was ultra rare, um, but they both had reserve access. Exiles had reserve access, right? Yeah, Exiles but, took an artifact from reserve, artifact which from was reserve. Ge generally for a lot of decks, it would grab your IM creator to go and get your best hero. So it was like, boom. Yeah. And you had these lost souls that would put those souls in play. So the yeah, consistency so, was wow. crazy turn one. Yeah. You had star I abilities that. that would get your lost souls. Star abilities, and um, then you would just have like the hunter that would go get it, or you could draw it. So there was all this... I mean, you could pretty much get those two souls or at least one of Dude. them every single game. I'd I'd yeah. be interested to like take an old deck that had operated on turbocharged power, access to reserve, and then compare that to kind of the simulations I've been doing now. It's like that'd be so interesting to see like how much more consistent those type of decks were back in the day. John, send them your blue deck list. I don't. 2018 or 19. <laughs> 19. Oh. What King Noah? The one before that. That was just what you're you're talking about when LEC first came out. Yeah, the one that had the like the counters and stuff. Yeah, the one that yeah that you can't like figure out cards. why I didn't win a bunch more tournaments with. I mean, I guess one thing is the so when they did the one territory class that did slow everybody down a pretty good bit, but yeah, I mean, it was a problem because people could get out uh, golden calf and cross on the same turn too. Oh, so they would negate all your characters, <laughs> restrict you from playing territory class, uh, restrict you from playing dominance, and toss all your cannot be negated. Sounds that fun. Was, and then they would have Sheol out, so if you search, they would just hide all their souls. It was yeah, it was, it was, it was a crazy it's, time. It's, it's a game. more tamed, balanced game now for sure. But it'd be interesting to kind of reach back into that past a little bit and compare some statistics of like if your simulation can this is what we are today versus what we were then. Um, that would, that would definitely be, be a cool case study there. Mm -hmm. But you mentioning, uh, you mentioning blue and, uh, I know one of your last videos was the blues clues deck. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if you, you know much about me, but I am a, 
I am a a blue player. I enjoy blue. Um, I've been playing it basically since we started playing the game. Yeah. That was the first deck I went to. Blue. And I feel like I'm I feel like I'm pretty good with it and uh, <laughs> whatnot. And I've, I've built like a million different versions of blue. But that's kind of what my go-to would be. Brad's go-to would probably be something in the music realm and playing in yeah. white as like his favorite thing. Have you developed kind of what a favorite either play style or favorite deck strategy is? Like my favorite play style would be like toss. I I have a holdover from from when I when I used to play Redemption. My favorite brigades were red and, and teal. It's <laughs> 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 so like I come to the game like I'm like opening up these IR cards. I'm like, dude, can't wait to open up some priests. Am I right, boys? It's like, wait, why yeah. are they clay? What the yeah, hell? why are they clay? <laughs> Is it That's, just me or is like the clay brigades on priest cards just like kind of feels yuck compared to like the teal, the nice like blue teal. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So there was a, there was a decision made, I guess, uh, last year, year before that I think that there were, the goal is to, um, eliminate a couple of the brigades. Um, so we're going to get away from teal at some point and, uh, evil gold is going to go away mm-hmm, at some point. Mm-hmm. So the Herods were like the last, the last uh, stand. evil gold and they they definitely made them strong enough <laughs> yeah yeah so that they would be relevant yeah. for years <laughs> i to speak to your question about which has been my favorite strategy it's herod's definitely herod's for sure i love these guys we got herod archie herod agrippi herod the great you know they're just the boys me and the boys yeah <laughs> i i played them in my deck last year at nationals and uh I I thoroughly enjoyed playing them because you could play them in a small package and still get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Without giving they don't up need a lot, a lot. Deck, deck space. It's crazy to just see like, oh, I won the battle. I didn't have to play enhancement there. You know, it's just like <laughs> the characters yeah. are so heavy hitting. Herod's Temple, man, paired with them is insane. Have you guys ever done the outsiders trick where you like Herod's Temple, then play your outsiders to block and then under deck everything? And t- and you're tossing enhancements, so there's nothing they can do about it. That's gross. Yep. You know what is uh, what's crazy is when you mentioned that I did. Um, I was playing against some guy in the last hoorah of teal. He was playing teal at a Tennessee tournament, and he had his entire offense out, and he had a bunch of different brigades because the teal uh, stuff kind of. You get teal with white. You get uh, some green. You get some gold. There's a bunch of brigades on the table. And I come out with outsiders, and I toss him. <laughs> or I, I, so I underdeck sad. all of his stuff, and then I lowered my numbers to where I, like the X, to where I was going to get initiative <laughs> against his one guy. And he didn't realize that Herod's Temple, like at the time, he didn't realize that it worked for my guy. Um, the the outsiders, because he he thought yeah. it was I guess just go, uh, gospel that it would toss for, and it's like no New yeah. Testament. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a a turning That's point so in that sad. game, and I ended up I ended up uh, he he tried to quit, but uh, I think we ended up playing it out <laughs> and just using whatever the final score was. But he was yeah. not aware that you could do that, so uh, that was kind of a, a a cool thing, and I didn't realize I was. I learned that in that moment that outsiders could could be done. I didn't know beforehand. I was playing, I kind of neck decked a, 
I think it was Chad's actual Soul Surfer deck at the time. And I was just testing it out so I would know how to play against it if I came against it. And that, that interaction came up, and it was definitely a very powerful way to wipe the board with really nothing they can do about it. <laughs> and one card. You know, it's just one card. Yeah. Now, Toss, though, as far as like a a strategy for a deck or, you know, apart from like an archetype or, you know, a theme of a deck, Toss is my favorite game mechanic. Um, and I, I, I've built decks and the deck that I, uh, got eighth place at nationals last year was built all around toss, uh, toss on offense, toss on defense, um, using Herod's. And then I had, uh, Patriarch's style offense with disciples using the meek disciples mm-hmm. because Jacob can be into a meek. He would ban to oh, the disciples wow, that's who would spicy. get all of the, yeah, I called it genocycles and, uh. He would be able to get the disciples, and so I could use like four drop McCoy on Peter. Oh, I would be able to use all of the search things for Clay. Oh, wow. and uh, like send the helper. Uh, all of that would trigger because I was banding to a meek disciple, and I got to use the Dang. full ability of ends of the earth because they're missionaries. So I just built a deck all around toss. Um, have you found a game mechanic that is like your favorite way? to kind of craft your deck. Obviously, if you've got Herod's, you got the ability to potentially toss. Um, oh, I, I've been gravitating towards toss myself. Like, the deck that I've been working on is a Patriarch's offense with Goshen and then a, okay. a Herod's defense with Herod's temple. And, like, uh, you know it has the cross in there. Maybe the Coliseum comes in and out. But, yeah, toss is, toss is fun. It just makes the game, like, kind of resets... All these yeah, crazy like enhancements. I, I don't care if you have CBN enhancements because we're tossing, baby. Yeah. yeah, I definitely. That's why I like it because it gets a round of a lot of the, the big setup pieces that other people are doing. Trying to, I'm going to reveal this dominant to make CBN enhancements, yeah. and things like that because yeah. CBN enhancements are bonkers to try to go head to head with. You kind of have to find a different way around yeah. them. And another mechanic I have been enjoying is just like the defenses that don't win the battle in traditional sense. Traditionally, you're like, okay, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to kill all your heroes. But some defenses are just like, oh, I'm just going to protect all the lost souls now. Or like, it's just like these, these like silly ways to, to stall your opponent out. Like the Herods has two great one. It was like, let's end the battle in a stalemate. And the opponent's like, but I can, I have the CBN negate in my hand. I, I just, said futile inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody expects the futile inquisition. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, I also love those t- those tile of defenses that just like totally like sidestep whatever's going on, like Firefoxes or Moss or or just like those death of unrighteous type of effects. Yeah, there's also a demon that came out in Roots recently that that's pretty strong. It's like if your opponent has drawn or something, protect lost souls. Yeah, I'll just come in with him and die because you drew. I'm, yeah, I'm cool with that. It's like, oh, nice. I have like a deck list in Lackey. It's just. You know, it has all those effects in one. I'm trying to feel like, how can I string all these weird colors, defenses together? Because they did a really good job of sprinkling these powerful battle ending effects and protection effects in all different colors. And some of them need Egyptians. Some of them need New Testament gray cards. I'm like, there has to be a way to synthesize these into one coherent defense. There is a way. You could always, you could always find a way. It's the art of the splash. You got to find a way to splash and make it together. Um, Got to get that silly women to play every every enhancement ever. <laughs> yeah. At, <laughs> at some point I did, uh, I edited the cover of that book, The Art of the Deal with Donald Trump, and I changed Donald Trump to Jay Chambers, and it was, oh, I titled it The Art of the Splash. 
because he's he's the one that's always like, I'm just going to play the best cards. I'm not going to play the best theme or anything. I'm just going to play the best cards and put them all in the same deck. And, I mean, mm-hmm. if you can make it work, it works well. As far as uh, your your recent tournaments, though, um, you mentioned when you were coming in that you you took a bunch of losses from these veteran tournament goers and and things of that oh, nature, yeah. and uh, I I noticed that you've 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 gotten a couple of wins now, so how how has your transition to mostly losing and learning to sometimes winning and learning gone? Hmm, great question. You know, it's surprising, honestly. It's just like, oh, what, what? <laughs> For me, I it's hard to figure out. I was like, is it just because like the deck that I'm using is good, or is like, am I doing making good decisions? Yeah, I'm trying not to think about it too much. I I don't want to let it go to hit or anything. But the, the Gospel of Christ good stuff deck, that deck is solid. Just being able to get in there really fast, have solid defense, and then finish off the game with uh, what's that one card? The Eternal Inheritance. That card is just so good at finishing up games. That card is is insane if you're going for your fifth soul. So you basically get three three free ones. Yeah, it's just like I've ride on victoriously and I've like a like a Simon the Zealot, and you're you're done. Game over. Yeah, yeah. That that's definitely something that I saw last tournament season was people trying to speed out to those, because um, even even with like one territory class slowing things down like it might you might have to work a little bit harder to get to that card in your reserve and get the parameter set up for that play to go off in the game but just as more difficult as it might have become it's even more difficult for your opponent to find a way to stop it because of the limitations of the game slowing down just a little bit so if you can still play the fastest style of deck being a goc deck and then grabbing that extra free card I mean that's 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 tough to beat, no doubt about it. But um, I guess we're we're coming up on an hour here. I guess we we should work on wrapping it up. Is there anything that you want to uh, to share with the people in the game? You know anything about your your journey so far, or or maybe some some hype for some future stuff coming out? I know we talked about your future content, but. I like to uh, when I have people on if they they have anything they want to share, just kind of open the floor and yeah. let them have at it. So here's your here's your time, sir. <laughs> oh, great. So kind of like more on like a personal note, like this time for me, between I got laid off of like early September last year, and I've been like looking for a job ever since. And it's like if you can picture in your mind this mental picture of me like going on these these different doors and like knocking on these doors. And none of the doors have been opening. And that's been like really discouraging for me. And I was talking to my mentor about this. And he, he was saying like, Tim, you know, like, what are the doors that are opening up for you? Instead of like focusing on the doors that, that aren't opening up, like maybe you should just be walking through the ones that are opening up for me. And and a door that has been opened wide is this redemption door for me. This, this journey of content creation and getting to know the community. And it's been a, it's been a light in an otherwise very... Um, kind of, I wouldn't say dark season of my life, but really like I'm kind of been really aimless. And as you can imagine, this this journey for me of becoming like a content creator has imbued a sense of like purpose. And like I get up in the morning and instead of looking at a calendar full of nothing to do and being depressed by that, I get to wake up and just have these different ideas about videos I want to create running through my head. 
and then like, oh, I could partner with this person and I could talk to this person and, and I could make this deck to help these new people. And so it has been like a, a fun thing to, to focus on it. It helps take my mind off any sort of like negative stories I'm trying to like subconsciously write about my life. And, um, so I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, like if maybe you're feeling like that, if you're just feeling like all these different ways you're getting blocked or like things aren't working out, like there is a time in the season to keep knocking and keep pressing into that. But maybe you should also be asking yourself, like, what are the open doors in my life? And what, what are things that I can just walk into and right now, you know, that's very well said. Um, and definitely it's, it's, it's cool to know that our game, as much as we like playing it for, you know, just having a hobby and things, it can be kind of bigger than that. If you, if you, um, let it be, I guess also hobbies tend to, uh, I guess for some people take away and, you know, distract them and pull them away from priorities. But like in your case, using it to kind of be your purpose and your drive of finding something to do with your time and stuff. It's nice to know that the game can be applicable in different seasons of life in different ways. It's, it's definitely cool to have you as part of the community. And I think, uh, I would hope that the reception's warm from everyone that you've talked to. I know that you mentioned Mm -hmm. you haven't had any, uh, non positive things and I, I don't think you will, but the fact that you're also in here making content for the community and, as much as like the game's giving you excitement, you're trying to turn around and give that back to other people by making content. That's really cool to see and definitely appreciated. Yeah, it's been an honor. Thanks for inviting me to come out and talk on here. And I just want to say thank you. You've been such a gracious host. And oh yeah, and last episode you were talking about you're encouraging everyone to go subscribe to my channel. And oh yeah, it was like at thirty something. But now I'm like at sixty something. So it, it doubled. So Let's go. thanks for the shout out. Yeah, definitely. I guess people did their homework a little bit, oh, but yeah. uh, now we gotta I'm now we gotta get you up over trying to 100. figure out like how to make my name more searchable on YouTube because I typed in baboon Tim and like it's just like what is happening? What is yeah? No, <laughs> I did that too. No. I told I told Brad on that episode. I was like, you got to be careful typing it in because there's some yeah there's some crazy things out there that might come yeah. up. Oh, I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure out if there's any way to like add more generous spelling error for my channel i don't know <laughs> we'll figure I, that out. I know how you get it listen you change your name to harambe tim and... <laughs> harambe tim <laughs> yeah i'll solve the problem <laughs> yeah you type in harambe and a million other videos <laughs> you're like what's what's redemption <laughs> dude hey, it could uh, just be a whole new audience good idea yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. you could always All go with brand. Re- <laughs> you could always go redemption monkey or something but I think the baboonie TM is kind of, it's kind of unique. Um, You just, you just gotta find a way to make it work. Who knows? I mean, Tyler had a a channel forever with like calling it Tyler talks and he couldn't change his name. And we kind of, we joked about that. You remember, like I would joke about it all the time. And then finally he has a video. He's like, guys, it doesn't let you change your name until you get so many subscribers. So I have not been able to change my name. That's funny. So <laughs> I remember the moment that he said that and I felt so bad for poking fun at his name. So I don't poke too yeah. much fun at names anymore. Um, I, I learned my lesson there. Definitely enjoyed having you on the podcast here and looking forward to all the content you're, you're putting out. And uh, yeah, I don't know. 
maybe sometime in the future I'll sign up for one of these Lackey Grand Prix or I'll catch you when you're, you know, looking for a game and maybe we can get a hey, game you. in now that football's over and I can transition. Yeah, if anyone wants to play a game, send a message on Discord. I'm there. Oh, I was going to ask you. I didn't want to uh, pull pull the conversation in any direction, but you mentioned that you have family in Washington and you Yo. live in California. Are you Yo. guys uh, football fans by chance? Um, nope. Nope. Okay. Okay. I was just, I was just wondering. <laughs> nope. No, I, I casually follow the New Orleans Saints, but that's about it. Okay. Well, you meant, you mentioned Washington and I immediately went to, oh, he's a Seattle fan. <laughs> oh no. I mean, I have, I have some really good friends that are Seattle fans, but it's funny. Well, yeah, if, we kind if of you were a Husky fan, sometimes. then that would be kind of a point of, you know. Yeah, we stole your coach. <laughs> I'm Team Harrods, guys, but okay? Team, team Harrods. <laughs> go Harrods, baby. Go Harrods. Oh, let's go Harrods. Right. That's who I'll be rooting for at the Nationals. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, they do have a good shot at being the defense on the winning deck because it pairs so well with <laughs> GOC. And at this point, I think GOC, some kind of deck with GOC kind of has to be the favorite. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that you can run the Disciples and then throw in Nazareth on top of I, that because yeah. it, it works well. You'd have to have a really compelling reason not to run it or have a deck that's really tech to beat the GLC craziness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely pretty strong. So I guess we'll get ready to wrap up there. Thank you for joining again and mm-hmm. catch you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>